Good morning, everybody. It is so wonderful to see everybody here, and I am so excited about the service and about Easter and Earl tonight, and I'm just thankful to see your faces. Um, a few announcements before we get started. For Easter and Earl, if you could help us set up, we're going to start setting up about 1.30 today. Um, so if you can come between 1.30 and 3, whatever you can come is very helpful to us. Um, we do need your help. Just a reminder to please bring flowers next week for Easter Sunday. We'll have the cross out front where you can put your fresh flowers in the cross. Uh, and if you don't have any, maybe they will be resurrected during the week <laughs> if they died. <laughs> Go buy some. Um, and it's the beginning of Holy Week this week, a sacred, wonderful week where we, I hope we all spend time thinking about what this week means and what it meant to Jesus. And for families, I have some Holy Week devotion packs out here at the connection at the office area. Um, if you want to grab one of those to do those with your family or um, just with your spouse. And in the bulletin, it says t-shirts for kids ministry. My goal for that is that all of us Adults would also have kids' ministry um, t-shirts for VBS week, for events that we have. I think it would look so wonderful um, and so united to have those. So if you are able to get a t-shirt, the children's t-shirts are 10 and the adults are 15 to help um, with families. Um, and if you're a visitor today, welcome. We're so thankful to have you as part of this family this morning. If you would text um, welcome to 704 459-5575. We would greatly appreciate it. And the rest of the information is in the bulletin. If you would bow your heads in prayer, please. Lord, Father in heaven, we praise your name. We praise you for all that you've done for us. We think upon what today means what it meant in your life, that Palm Sunday, that day where you entered into a place, into Jerusalem, a place where you knew what would happen, but all oh, the rejoicing that started that time. Lord, we rejoice in your name, and we thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you for the path that you've given each of us. I pray that each one of us calls out to you every day, and seeks your will in our lives, Lord, in each of our lives. I pray for this time of worship, and I thank you that we get to be here and worship you in song and in prayer and in ministry together. What a blessing it is. What a, a gift that so many people in your world cannot experience together, but we can each week. I pray for this service, and I pray for our hearts as we prepare to witness and to disciple people tonight as we pray that your spirit overwhelms us with joy, that each one of us are radiating with your spirit, that it continues in through the day, all the way through tonight and through each day. We adore you and we worship you and we thank you, Lord, for everything. In your name we pray, amen.
Jesus is a powerful name indeed. The demons themselves flee at the name of Jesus. Amen. It was a Palm Sunday some, some time ago, and my mom had stayed home from church that day with her son. He was sick, and so the father returned from church, and he came holding a, a palm branch. And the little boy was curious and said, Why do you have the palm branch, Dad? And, and he said, Well, you see, when Jesus came to town, everyone waved palm branches in order, or sorry, in honor of him. And so that's why we have the palm branches today. And the little boy said, Oh, man, the one day I miss, Jesus shows up. <laughs> well, as many of you know, today is Palm Sunday. The day was taken from the Gospels when uh, the whole city of Jerusalem threw a grand parade as Jesus entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And he rode in on a, uh, on a lowly donkey. They threw palm branches down, threw their, their clothes down, in anticipation of, of his coming. That's how we get the idea, the term of, of Palm Sunday that we use today. That, that day marked a day of, of celebration and, and a time of worship and praise for the Lord Jesus Christ as He entered into Jerusalem that final week, the Holy Week. But Friday was coming. The cross and the crucifixion awaited Him. And things would take a drastic change in the week ahead. It's amazing how life can change in a matter of a few days, isn't it? A phone call, a visit. And how we once knew life today was totally changed the next. In that day, the world was filled with, with evil corruption. Look at our world today. It's the same. Isn't it? It's filled with evil and, and corruption. Look at the, the antics and stuff going on in Washington and across the world, even down to the local level. You read the headlines of, of immorality and wickedness and, and outright evil on all levels. Self-righteousness and greed and pride have taken over our world. But in reality, the world is no different today than it was the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. You see, it was those very characteristics that kept people in Jesus' day from seeing Jesus as the Messiah, for seeing Him as who He really was. And so even today, there are many people that are that are close to religion, that are involved in church, that are helping in missions and teaching classes, and yet they still are missing Jesus. Instead of seeing, instead of seeing it for what it was, people were, were consumed with their own wants and fulfilling their own desires to the point that they missed the fact that, that Jesus was fulfilling prophecy right before their eyes. same could be said about us today. When we look at Scripture and see how 
it was it's prophesied of what's going to happen and we read the headlines. We look at our life today and see that exactly what the Bible says is coming to pass. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, we see the prophecy of Palm Sunday. And it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king is coming to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, the people who, who, who celebrated Jesus' entry into Jerusalem were on the cusp of, of a historical event that was, that was going to impact all of humanity for all of eternity. And so are we, folks, because Jesus is coming back. And, and just as the Bible said He was coming once, just as the Bible said He was going to die and how He died and how it came about, the Bible also says that He's coming back. Amen? And He's going to come back just as God's Word says because God's Word is the truth. Amen? And praise God for that. We're going to be in Luke chapter 19 today. If you want to get your Bibles and turn there, Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. It's the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. It says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And after he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill of the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And they were untying the colt. And its owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as they went along, people spread their cloaks on the, on the road. And we came near a place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city then he wept over it and he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would happen or what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls, and they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. To you. God's word tells us to keep an eye out that he's coming to be ready to be prepared for that as we read this story in, 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 in Luke as Jesus goes into Jerusalem we sometimes miss that first part of the story that first passage where Jesus sends the disciples on ahead of him 
it gets lost because the greater story, the, the fun story is about the triumphal entry. But let's pause right there in, in, in verse 29 and, and take a look at that passage before we move on. <clears throat> it says in verse 29, the second part of that verse, it says, He sent two of His disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it you will find a colt tied there, <clears throat> which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Let me ask you something this morning. Are, are you going through a difficult time? Are you going through a, a hard time in life? Are you facing a, a, a difficult decision? Does it feel like the walls of life are pressing in on you? Has life thrown you a curveball? Or is your life working out okay? Does everything seem good right now? Everything sailing along good. Everything's going as I planned. And life is just smooth and, and it, no bumps in the road right now. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're going to find yourself in one of those two places. But regardless where you find yourself today, tomorrow might be vastly different. The things that happen today may bring a change to your world tomorrow. It says here that, that Jesus sends two of His disciples all ahead to the next village. And, and, and listen to this. Jesus tells them what they'll find. He says, you'll find a colt, an unbroken colt. And then He goes on to say, not only are you going to find a colt, but I'm going to tell you what somebody's going to ask you. Wow, that's quite amazing right there. They ask him, why are you untying the colt? He also tells them what to do and what to say when they get to this village, when they encounter this, the, the colt and the owner and, and what the owner says to them. The, the disciples, they didn't know what they would face when they, when they got to the next village. But Jesus did, amen? Jesus knew what they were going to face. Jesus knows what we're going to face. And he says in verse 32, those who, were sent ahead, those who were sent ahead went and found it just as He had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. Folks, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what is in our future for tomorrow. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, whether it's pretty or, or ugly, happy or sad, we don't know. But Jesus does. Amen? The Lord God Almighty is already in our tomorrows. He already knows what we're going to face. And we might not know how to respond. But just like this story here, if we surrender our hearts and life to, to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender to His will and His leadership, He will guide us in the right direction. He will lead us into what to say and how to respond in those difficult situations, in those times of, of life that are hard and difficult, when those decisions have to be made, when the walls of life are pressing in on us. Jesus will walk us through that time. He will tell us what to say and how to respond. 
if we surrender. And so don't be afraid of tomorrow. Don't be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. Live today for the Lord Jesus Christ and be ready to live tomorrow for the Lord Jesus Christ. For He is already there. He will guide you and direct you and lead you in His way if we surrender. Man, that's a fascinating part of that story that often gets overlooked. And something that we so often need. And we need to know that, that Jesus is already working for us tomorrow. He's preparing tomorrow for us. He's laying down the foundation and the groundwork for us. When He tells the disciples, you're going to find a colt there. When He tells the disciples, somebody's going to ask you a question and tells them the question they're going to ask. Folks, Jesus is there. Don't fret tomorrow. But live for Him for everything you have today. It says in the story that, that Jesus rode a donkey. So why a donkey? Well, in, in the day, horses were ridden by the rich and noble of the day, and, and they were associated with war. So Jesus wasn't about war at that time. When He comes back, He will be. But here He comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, riding into the city on a donkey, which was a symbol of peace to everybody around them. And that one little bit of information there throws everybody off because nobody gets it. They look beyond the donkey, but they're still looking for their powerful, almighty king to come in and take over and rule. So why a donkey? But why a wild donkey? An unbroken colt. I know we have a few cowboys in here that, that have ridden some of those unbroken horses and colts before. I don't want any part of it. I'm just going to tell you. Plus, I'm too old and broken already for it. But it's a little ten, it's a little dicey getting on an unbroken horse, isn't it? Or an unbroken colt, donkey here is, is mentioned. And so maybe they reference the, the unbroken colt to show the submission of the unbroken animal to the master. The fact to, to show the people that, that Jesus could tame this wild and stubborn animal, but the stubborn hearts of the Jewish people wouldn't be broken. What a contrast there. Because you see, they wouldn't submit their hearts to the king. And so now let's look at the rest of the story and, and, and how it unfolds. It says they brought it to Jesus. They brought the donkey to, to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt but, and put Jesus on it. And as he, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he replied, If I tell them to be quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen. And as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, If you, even you, had only known 
On this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The day will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. We looked at this passage a couple of Wednesday nights ago. And the question came out of that, how does our worship compare to the disciples on Palm Sunday? It says they threw their, they, they threw their cloaks down. Well, in the Old Testament, this was a, 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 show, a sign of respect for the king. When he entered into town, they would take their coats off and throw it on the ground to soften the, the road for the horses coming in. They had disregard for their belongings. They were willing to give of their material goods, their, their coat to be trampled on. It was their, think about it, it was their outer garment. It was, their, it was what kept them warm at night, but they were willing to give that up for the king. And then it says, the whole crowd of disciples. It, just, it doesn't just say the whole crowd. It says the whole crowd of disciples. Amen. It says the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice. Let me ask you, how was our praise and worship this morning? Was it done joyfully in a proud voice? In a, in a, in a loving heart? How did the disciples hear? How, how have we worshipped this morning? Again, has there been that, that loud and joyful praise upon our lips today? Or, or have we kept quiet? Have we held our tongues quiet? And, and I asked, was Jesus on the verge of, of, of allowing those stones outside? You know, we just put a ton of stones out here around the Hope Center and around the front of the church. I wonder if in our silence, if those stones were about ready to praise the Lord Jesus. Because it says here that the whole crowd of disciples, everybody in attendance, they were out in the streets praising God, worshiping God as He entered into the city. And so this morning here, were we shameful of our worship here? Are we, are we proud enough of Jesus to worship Him in the streets of Earl and in, in, in the county? I wonder if I wonder how close as God looks around the world and He sees churches in different stages. We talk about we, we looked at, at Revelation a couple of weeks ago and the dead church. I wonder if at those churches the stones are about ready to cry out. I don't know whether it's true or not, but the great evangelist Billy Graham has been quoted several times of saying, the greatest mission field in our country today 
is a local church. The people already sitting in our churches. And this passage shows a great example of of that. On on Sunday, Jesus rode into the city with, with the people shouting praises and praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen, for the great teachings that they had heard. And He was the new king. But then by Friday, they're shouting, Give us Barabbas! Crucify Jesus! Crucify Him! Many of the people that, many of those same people that participated in that in that parade on, on Sunday, they, they did so because it was the popular thing to do. And that was the that was the event of the of the town. It was the ritual that takes place when a king comes to town when he passes through. But within that crowd, there were some that had no commitment to Jesus. I wonder what, if we were in that day or if we were to be living in this day and that parade of, that royal parade of Jesus comes by our house, how do we respond? How do we respond? Do we go out and join the, 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 the praise and the joy and the, the celebration with a commitment to Christ? Or do we close the door and close the blinds and pretend we're not home? There were all kind of people in the crowd that day. Yes, some were were true disciples. They were were proclaiming Jesus as their Lord and Messiah uh, that had come, that, that He was theirs. And some were watching silently, not saying a word. Those were the those were the uncommitted ones. There were some. There were some caught up in the movement. They were enjoying the party atmosphere. And so they joined in on the bandwagon just to go along with the crowd. They would be the ones shouting, crucify, crucify. And some were watching, but not too silently, like the Pharisees. You see, when the, when the trial of Jesus came, as the week unfolded and, and Jesus had celebrated a Passover, they had come and, and arrested Him. They had put Him on trial in a kangaroo court. The people's true commitment to, to Christ was revealed in that moment, in those hours to come. And just as those people's hearts were revealed at the time of Christ's trial, when trials come into our life, our true commitment to Christ is revealed. When times of difficulty, when when, when times of crisis hits our home, when it comes knocking at our door, the true commitment to Christ is revealed to us, to our family, to other people. And Luke writes as he's writing out this story, he said that that as Jesus came down the Mount of Olives and to stop and and to look across the, the landscape of Jerusalem, 
to look at the, the beautiful city. It says that he stopped and looked and wept. You see, he wept over the, the people's spiritual blindness. He wept over the lost souls, the defeated lives, the people in, in chains of sin and, and, and had no hope. Because you see, he knew that, that people had, had missed him. They had missed who he, who he really was. They missed why he came, why he was there, what he was doing. I would venture to say that if, if Jesus would have walked down Mount of Olives today, look across Jerusalem. Or if he comes down to Blue Ridge Parkway and looks across North Carolina. Or across the country. I think he would see the very same thing. The spiritual blindness. The hopelessness. The lostness. The defeated lives. People are missing him at every turn. There's been greater access to the gospel today than any other time in history. We've got the written word, the spoken word, the internet, the TV, the radio, all kind of forms of transmission. But people are still missing Jesus. He's coming back. And we don't want you to miss him. So let me ask you this morning, are we living as though we've missed him? Are we, have we jumped on that bandwagon? Are we taking part in the, in the celebration of Easter because it's Easter and that's what we do? Or is there a true commitment? Is our faith this morning, as we look into the depths of our heart, is our faith casual or is it committed? What does Jesus see when He looks into our hearts? You see, He, as much as we display to other people, as much as we may try to fool ourselves, there's no fooling God. He sees the truthfulness of our heart. And so when He looks in there, what does He see? The, the, is there joy or grief in his, in his heart? Is there sorrow or happiness in His heart to look into our hearts? You see, we sometimes forget the, the power of Christ and the fact that Jesus could have indeed ordered the stones to cry out in praise. You know, a couple of years ago, there was a, a thing going around where uh, people would paint faces on rocks. You remember that? And they'd place them around town, and everybody said, Oh, I found a rock here. I found it here. Y'all remember that? And they painted little faces on them. Imagine if every rock had a face and started crying out in praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in the silence of his children. Will our hearts be filled with praise? Will our hearts be filled with worship for our Savior? Or we will or will we let the rocks do our jobs for us? Amen. Folks, Jesus, hear me. Folks, Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into your heart this morning. And when he does, it's gonna, it'll be a day of celebration, a day of praise. Because that will be the day that you will be saved for all of eternity the day that Christ picks you out of the pits of hell and offers you the hope of eternal salvation in eternity with Him. Because of Easter, because of this week, because He was placed on a cross, because He shed His blood for, for us, for the people, the wicked people like us, who cannot do it on our own, we can never be good enough to make our way to heaven because if we compare ourselves to God, we fall wayfully short. The only way is through a perfect, sinless Jesus Christ. And when we put our trust in Him, we will have eternal life. Folks, one day we will all stand before Him. We will all stand before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and and answer for our life. And, and one day he's either going to say, Depart from me for I, I never knew you. Or well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. Folks that day will either be triumph or tragedy for you. It will be tears of sorrow. Or tears of joy. And that choice is yours. Are we living for Him today? If, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. He's inviting you to come into the kingdom of God today. He's inviting you to become a part of His family today. Or maybe today you, you, you realize as we go into the Easter season of all that God has done for us and, and we are reminded that, that we've gotten off the track, that we've fallen away, that we need to get back on course with Christ. Wherever you find yourself today, Jesus wants your heart. He wants you to turn your eyes and turn your hearts back to Him and give your life to Him today. Let Him make that triumphal entry into your heart. Let Him return once again so that we can earnestly and honestly celebrate Easter the way he wants us to celebrate Easter as we worship the risen Lord. You respond to Christ however He calls you to do so. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we are thankful for that day of celebration, for that triumphal entry that you made into Jerusalem that day. Because you went knowing what was ahead of you in just a few days. You knew that you would be facing crucifixion. You knew that you would be facing torture and beating and being mocked and spit upon. The blood drained from your body. 
that ultimately for you to give your life up for us so that we could indeed have our own Easter parade as you made your triumphal entry into our hearts. And Father, if we have lost the joy of our salvation, we want to reclaim it today. God, hear our hearts. Hear our confessions and accept our repentance. And Lord, just as you led the disciples, lead us in the way we should go, the things we should do, in order that we might be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.